You are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because he is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with his purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. We often talk about our faith being tested by fire. For today's guest, life changed forever when fire literally swept through her home, taking the life of one twin son, severely injuring the other twin, and leaving her with third-degree burns over 55% of her body. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host. What a delight it is to have you joining us today. I'm also honored to have author, speaker, actor, survivor, Justina Page with me. Prepare yourself to be moved and inspired by her powerful story filled with honesty, hope, and triumph in Christ. I promise her message will leave you marveling, truly marveling, shaking your head, marveling at the beauty God is able to bring from the ashes of life's fires. I will go on and talk about her, all the many things she's done, all the accolades she has, but I will simply introduce her as someone who says that I cannot go anywhere and ask any question that she does not want to be transparent in sharing what God has done in her life. And with that, I bring on, and it's just so honored to bring on the air from Richmond, Texas, our guest today, Justina Page. Hello, my new friend, and welcome to Coffee. So let's begin, um, Justina, let's begin on March 6th, March 6th of 1999. Tell us what was going on at your home, March 6th of 1999. I would love to share that because it's a uh, very poignant and very interesting to the story at hand. So, um, first of all, I'm a mother of six boys. I had six sons. Could you tell wow. I was trying to get a girl? Yeah. <laughs> I had twin <laughs> sons. Um, that's uh-huh. fine. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I hear you. So that being the case, <laughs> I found myself, the only way to get some female company was to invite the young girls at the church over and to do things with the girls. So on September 6th, I was working with a group of teenagers at the church, and we did a church breakfast, and I was over that. And I had them doing the cooking, and I had sold them aprons, and I was busy, 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 as I normally am. I'm always (laughs) running something or doing something. And the thing that stood out was that my husband, because I was busy working with the girls, he was overseeing the boys. And at that time, my oldest was nine, and the twins were 22 months. So 
Can you imagine that spread? No. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no. Well, anyway, he was watching the boys, and he would not put Amos down. He just would not put him down. I mean, he could walk and play and run, but he just held on to Amos, and it stood out to me. I even asked him about it. I said, why aren't you letting Amos play? He said, oh, I'm just holding him for a while. I just want to hold him. Uh, I mean, it, it gives me chills to think about that now. But he yeah. would not put him down. So after all my busyness with the breakfast or whatever, my pastor's wife and another uh, sister at the church asked me if I wanted to go out shopping with them for a few hours. I was like, if my husband has time and strength to release me, I am there. So <laughs> we went out. <laughs> And by the time I came back that evening, I had spent a full day doing all kind of girl stuff that I just absolutely love. And I was so tired when I walked in, and I'm thinking, this was a Saturday evening, by the way, and I'm like, we got to prepare for church, you know. And I ironed right. my little six outfits, you know, my shirts and pants, shirts and pants, because <laughs> that's all I had, you know, and my little uh-huh. dress. And um, I remember kneeling by the bed. And I was so exhausted. All I could say was, Lord, have mercy. That was my prayer. And that's what unfolded before we was awakened by explosions and fire. Mm -hmm. So everything was uh, normal. Your kids are amazing. It sounds like what the bonding that was going on there. And then, so you go to bed, Justina, on March 6th to awaken to March 7th, which was... A nightmare. So, I, I, you know, it, it really almost grieves me to ask you to share the story again. But let's share with our audience the story, what you're waking to. So at about one something in the morning, I hear explosions. And I wake up to fire, complete darkness. And it's not like these Hollywood film pictures. It vexes me when I see them now. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. see anything. I mean, mm-hmm. our whole house was totally engulfed in flames. And I guess mm-hmm. because we're such heavy sleepers, the carbon monoxide had actually put us out because <laughs> we weren't at the beginning of the fire. We were in the full flourishing of it. And mm-hmm. immediately I just hit my husband in the head and told him the house is on fire, you know, and he did the normal thing. He went into survivor mode. He bust out a window and threw me out. So actually, I was out the window. Um, mm-hmm. And um, he went about trying to save all the boys. Now, I was a homeschool mom at the time, and we had a son. Our fourth son had autism. So we had had a fire safety plan. We knew where to meet. The boys knew the point inside the house, the point outside the house. And while I'm speaking on that, have a fire safety plan, yeah. know the plan, practice the plan. Because yeah. I did that because it was a thing to do. It was cute. They got to take pictures on the fire truck, yada, yada, yeah. yada. I didn't know it would be the thing that would save most of their lives. Wow. So my oldest son, older two sons, got the two younger boys right under them. They went to the point. So my husband was able to get them out. Now, I had... Mm-hmm. 22-month twin sons, they can't follow a fire safety plan. So the mama thing really kicked in. 
I jumped back in the window after his. Jumped back into the fire. Mm -hmm. I did. I did. I was Mm -hmm. trying to get my twin. And in particular, Mm -hmm. I was going for Amos. And it's amazing to me how we know things instinctively. Mm -hmm. I I could Mm -hmm. feel him getting away from me. I could feel him going, literally. Um, And I jumped back in the uh, (coughs) window. And unfortunately for me, and fortunately, on another side of the story, uh, I got trapped by a burning bookcase. It just fell on top of me. So I'm laying there mm-hmm. burning, literally alive. And my thought mm-hmm. was, wow, this is how it's going to end, you know. It's mm-hmm. over. And the pain is just otherworldly. It's ridiculous. So meanwhile, my husband, I could hear his voice fading in because I'm going in and out of consciousness while I'm being burned, like literally to death. And um, I could hear him hollering, uh, hollering for me and like, where are you? Where are you? Because he can't see anything. And this man is jumping in and out of this house, mm-hmm. desperately trying to save his family. All of this is happening before the fire trucks even get there. And this is a four-alarm house fire, so it's a bad one. So yeah. he jumps in, he grabs me, and this time he throws me out again. But this time I'm badly injured so no one can touch me. They they had to get mm-hmm. under my armpits and drag me to the corner and hold my head up. A neighbor held my head up with her head to try to keep me <sighs> conscious. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, it's bad stuff. And this fire mm-hmm. is so intense that the ne- my husband has to run around to the back neighbor on the other block, jump over his fence, then jump over our fence, just to get to the nursery that was attached to oh, our master bedroom. And mm-hmm. he jumps in, and he grabs one of the twins and throws him out. And by this time, you have people helping them. And, you know, some, I mean, no one's jumping in like him, by the way. But right. uh, you have um, people, like, trying to wait to see if he's going to get somebody out so they can take them to the front. And um, Benjamin, the other twin, he didn't have the presence. I knew not to open my mouth because of the fire. Mm. He's a baby. It hurts. Mm. He hollers. So he has internal burns, facial burns, neck, upper extremities. He's burned really, really bad. I don't know that. I'm at the corner. It's something about the mother's instinct. I'm screaming. I have six sons. Get my son. Mm. Where's Amos? Those are the only two things. It, it, you're, I'm in shock. So the only two right. things I can say is I have six sons. Get Amos. I have six sons, and someone said, we got three. We got, I said, no, I have six. You know, I wanted to hear all of them, and it never right. got to It never got to that point. So unfortunately for my husband, before he's able to jump back in for the other twin, the house came in. So we lose Amos on site. Now, I don't know mm-hmm. this, but um, uh, when the EMT teams get there and the firemen get there, they take us off. And I know this now. I didn't know that that then. But they took us off two per ambulance, two per ambulance. And I'm in the ambulance, and I hear this sound like an animal. It sounds like this wild bear, like, ah, it's just really weird. And when it dawns on me that this is one of my children, feeling the pain I was feeling, that's when I go out and I don't wake up again for another six weeks. Oh. Mm. 
Justina. I can't even imagine how talking about this makes this real to you and the and the pain that this must cause you as a as a mother's heart. And you know, when you talked about that, um, about the house fires and how it's not the way it is on TV. I, our family had a house fire when I was in high school, and I can oh, wow. remember. Thank God, you know, I mean, we, we were able to all survive it. Uh, God had a different story for me to tell. But um, yeah. I remember the smoke. I re- Do you still remember, like, the sounds, you know, like the the phones yeah. going off? And isn't that the smells? It's all so yeah. different than what you think, isn't it? And that's why I'm, I'm yes. going back there with you. Yes. What do you, I mean, it's just, um, so when I think about you know, that evening with mine, I can't imagine. And I remember the chaos and the, the people starting to gather to watch and the fire trucks coming. Um, I can't imagine as a mom, you sitting there begging to know that all six of your sons are okay. And so yes. I did read where it took six weeks for you to, um, you know, you were in pretty much a coma shock for about six weeks. Is that right? About six weeks. Yes. That was before I was awakened. Um, yeah. When I woke up from a coma, and um, actually, they told my husband and that me nor the other twin were going to make it. Uh-huh. They gave us zero chance of survival. Wow. God for praying people. Thank mm. God for a husband that hung in there and believed God. Uh, I will forever be grateful for those who interceded and spoke for me when I couldn't. And they mm-hmm. delayed Amos's funeral for three weeks because they oh. didn't want him to go through um, the trauma of having three separate burials. So basically they mm-hmm. were waiting for us to, to, to pass on. But we were My. very severely injured, really, really bad. Yeah. Yes, I I uh, have read that. And, and how are you both now with, with that? Have you, are you okay? Oh, my God. I am so okay. This, this is the thing. God is so powerful. And yeah. he's the God of all comfort. And mm. I know that more than just words written in the Bible. I know there is a reality in my life. The God of all yeah. comfort can comfort your heart. Now, does that mm. mean it doesn't hurt or you don't? I don't like what happened. Am mm-hmm. I still sad? Yes. I miss mm-hmm. my son, but at the same yeah. time, God gave me more life to live, and I'm so yeah. happy about that. But, yes, mm-hmm. and Benjamin, Benjamin is about 6'3", almost 300 <laughs> pounds, and as happy as he can be. The result from Benjamin's trauma, though, was that he's now uh, mentally challenged and speech impaired. But mm-hmm. he is the happiest person you ever want to meet in your life. And anybody who meets him, I don't know what anointing God has on this this seemingly unintelligent child, but people mm. love Benjamin. And I'll share this real quickly. How is Ben doing? Ben graduated a couple of years ago. And you know how graduation goes. You're all excited about the graduation until after they call your son's name. 
then you're basically ready to go, right? At least that's me. <laughs> so we're not really paying attention to the rest of it. We saw Ben walk across the stage. I got my video. So they had a congressman come up, and they said, we have a special award. The student body voted this particular young man to represent them, and it was our son. When they oh. called his name, we were so shocked that we couldn't even say anything for a minute. And then we erupted into applause and everything. But this is a <laughs> child that can't speak. Yeah. So that lets me know that was such a teaching thing to me. Our spirit mm-hmm. speaks. And God, he can make all things beautiful in his time. So Benjamin yeah. is doing fine with his facial uh-huh. scars, with all his scores and everything. He's actually taught me a lot. Oh, yes. What a beautiful story. Um, you know, we're going to have to take a 30-second break already. But before we do that, I want to ask you a question. And then when we come back, I want to ask you, I want to talk about, you know, um, Justina, there, there are people listening today who are still in that very broken, hurt state uh, that you found yourself in, questioning yes. God, you know, angry. So I want to come back and I want you to share with us how some steps of how to how you got through that. But before we go to that commercial break, let me ask you, how is your husband doing? Because so many times we fail to think about that partner that was that was in there, you know, helping and the surviving. How is he doing? Right now, he's doing very well. At the beginning, he was a total mess, and that's because yeah. he dealt with a lot of survival guilt. <clears throat> because yeah. he's like, people are going to ask, where was I? I was like, well, it doesn't yeah. matter what they ask. You are the one, you are the reason why we're all alive. But yes, yeah. dealt with a lot of survivor guilt, a lot. Yeah. But God spoke to yeah. him, too, and a very interesting story there. Oh, good. I'd love to hear that. Well, let's take a 30-second break. I'm just so thankful that, uh, that that everyone is doing well now, but I know it took a lot of work to get there and a lot yeah. of God's oh, grace. And for those who are listening, I want them to understand that it wasn't overnight that you've worked hard and God has been there every step away. So let's take a 30-second break. And then we come, when we come back, we're going to start out with, the, with how, how did you begin your journey? I know you say it was through questioning God, even accusing God a little bit, anger at God, which is so understandable. Um, so let's, um, let's take this 30-second break. Justina, and we'll be right back, okay? Yes, ma'am. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host, and I'm delighted to have you here today. Before we continue our interview with the amazing Justina Page, I'd like to just remind you to 
uh, join us each each and every day, many times, actually, on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Roses and Rainbows. It's there that we meet to encourage one another and equip one another daily. I'd also like to invite you to uh, visit our webpage at kimcrable.org. It's there where you'll be able to see our uh, listings of where we're on uh, the TV show, our Birds of Blessings uh, TV show, and our Coffee with Kim uh, talk slash testimonial show where we take testimonies such as this and we put them before the camera so that we could even extend uh, the story and the message. So we would love to have you a part of all that we're doing. Uh, We would be better actually by having you involved. So check us out. We would love for you to be a part. Love for you to also check out my book, Burdens of Blessings, and uh, many of the other transformational journey, uh, biblical journeys that we try to provide so that we can all dive into God's Word, know that it is active and alive, and that it is currently at work in, in all of our situations right now as we see in the life of Justina Page. So again, thank you for joining us for coffee. And now let's get back to our incredible guest today, Justina Page, who is coming to us from Richmond, Texas. And so, um, Justina, I I just admire you and, and, oh, my gosh, respect you. Uh, It would be really easy for you to sit back and just say, gosh, I've suffered. I've suffered enough. I want to put it behind me and I want to move on. But you refuse to do that. Why? Why do you refuse to just put that behind you and not talk about it? Well, God's been too good. And I personally be, believe that the greater experience God give us, the greater call of ministry we have. It's all about mm. him. Yeah. It's all about him. You know, and to have that transformation of the mind to see that, because in your paperwork that you sent me, you said, I want to name this uh, radio show Resilience. Um, and with the under title of "It's Not About You," you know that that's a bold statement. How did you get to the point to where you realized that this fire was not as much about you as the story that you needed to tell? Let's let's start with before it became so anointed, and let's go back to the anger and the accusations. What did you first have to deal with? And I'm thinking about our listeners who are, are in such deep pain because of loss of children and grandchildren who, I mean, anger and normal, that's a natural process that you, you go through. How did you begin? Well, that's right. To, to what severity did you have that anger and that pain? Can you describe okay, that well, for us? I sure can. It's very real. And first of all, I want to say pain is personal. So the first yeah. thing you don't want to do is compare yourself yeah. to anyone else. And to those who are trying to support them, don't compare them to anyone else. Pain is personal, and what hurts you hurts you. That's a very real thing. And I want to also add, before I get into this, God is not afraid of our true emotions. He can deal with them. We don't have to hide and be ashamed or, you know, distance ourselves from him because we feel like he can't. Well, first, he already knows. So we don't, we can be real with God. He can handle our true emotions. Now, me, on a very personal level, I remember waking from coma, innovated, 
um, on a ventilator. Pain is so severe, I'm swollen like twice my size. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was known as the lady of faith. I've always been known as the lady of faith, the people, the person that people confided in, the one who prayed people through. And my very first words were, what the hell, God? Now, oh, yeah. I know that's a seemed like a horrible thing to say, but that's exactly what I said. I just want to be real mm. transparent. That's of where course. I was. I'm like, this yeah. is a family that served you. This is a family that everything was about you, and you took my child, and you let this, you, you started this fire. And I mean, I accuse God of everything. Blah, blah, mm. blah. I'm just going. And a lot of times, that's what we want. We want to just throw somebody has to take the blame. We start with the blame name. And my yeah. first step out of that is when I was sitting there, um, eventually I got to a point where I was in a room, off the ventilator, but I still couldn't use my hands. Actually, I couldn't walk or do anything. And my husband, mm-hmm. when he would leave for the night, he would put a CD in and it would play on repeat, you know, so I could have something inspirational play it. This one right. song came on and the song said, uh, uh, I will lift my eyes and see you in holiness and righteousness. You are my God. Hear the angels sing. All creation gives you the glory, right? And I was like, mm. you know, in my mind, do you know that repeated again, just that part? And then that got my attention. I'm like, wait a minute. Why come this is not going to the next song? And then that part repeated the third time. I'm like, whoa. Oh, it frightened me. I'm like, okay, yeah. and God began to minister to me and tell me, one, he doesn't start fire. That's not what he does. He says to deliver from fire, to deliver you uh-huh. from the circumstances that life throws you. So it's a thing called life that just happens, and God is far enough away from it that he can look at it and see, oh, this piece to work for your good. I'm going to allow that to happen. He's not out of control, and he's not doing things to us. So I had to, one, see God properly again, because sometimes Mm -hmm. we see God according to what happens to us and don't remember to see him for who he is. He's he's consistent. He's the same all the time. Second Mm -hmm. big piece. Second big piece. Uh Uh, Finally, after this is maybe a year and a half out, after I'm able to walk again, and I remember this so plainly, and this was my true pivotal point. I was uh-huh. going to a um, woman's fellowship, and um, it was at a, actually one of my best friend's house, and I was there, and I pulled up. I was excited because I could drive, right? I hadn't been able to right. drive for like a year and a half. But when I saw the mothers walking in with some of their smaller children, the ones that weren't in school, because, of course, all of mine were in school at this point, when I saw them walking in, I began to bawl and cry. And it was a neighbor, it was a guy watching me in the distance. And uh, I could tell he was really concerned and didn't know whether he could come to the car or not. But I'm like, Lord, why my child? Why do you have to take my child? Why mm-hmm. they got their children and I'm just bawling? And you know, you know you, we do a lot of crying alone, right? Because we don't want yeah. anyone to know how we really feel it. Because I looked prophecy. Prosperous. My body had healed, but my heart hadn't. You know, and people right. didn't. Okay. And I'll never forget when the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, 
It's not about you. And I just mm-hmm. stopped and went into this hysterical laughter. It was like a Jackson and Hyde thing because that was so funny to me. And I said, God, for this not to be about me, it sure involved quite a bit of me. You really need yeah. to explain this a little better to me, please. And he did. Yeah. And he said, what we as Christians often do, we forget that he's the son. We revolve around his will. We're not, he doesn't mm. revolve around our will. It's a lot of things mm. we want, but it's not about us. It's mm. him. It's all about his son. And everything that happens in our lives, everything that we do, it's about his will. And he said, I mm. take all things. And I work them together for good, all of them, your pain, your hurt, your anger, every bit, every little bit of it, I take care of it. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's when I began to stand on top of what I had experienced, and I began to build again. Thus, I became a survivor. So that's really where your hope began, it sounds like. It sounds like that was such exactly. a pivotal moment. So, um, oh, oh, my gosh. So, you know, I'm just thinking about, Justina, I'm thinking about people that might be listening that are going, I don't know, it's kind of like where you are. It's like, well, I don't know, God. It sounds like it's pretty much about me, and this pain is really deep, and I'm not feeling anything from it. You know, if if you could go back at that moment, if you could, you know, speak to people, and you've always spoken to into their hearts again. But I'm just thinking about friends that I feel like they're listening right now who've lost their daughter, have lost their grandkids, have lost a son, who've lost a daughter by a drunk driver, all these. You know, what would you speak into them, Justina? Just speak to them for a minute. In the rawness of this pain, what would you say, what would you speak into their hearts right this minute, into that raw pain that they're feeling? Well, I'll say this. What you feel is real. It's, 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 unfortunately, the only way to get over pain is through it. Mm-hmm. You can't escape that part. You have to go through it. I just would offer a ember of hope that there is an end to the debilitating pain. Now, unfortunately, again, there's still a pain in my heart for my son. I always mm-hmm. make this crystal clear when I'm speaking, when whatever I'm doing, if I could exchange all that pain out of this for my child, I really would choose my child. That's mm-hmm. the honest to goodness truth. But yeah. the thing is, that's not an option anymore. So right now, when people are right there in the thick of it, it's really nothing you can do but go through it and trust Mm -hmm. that God will will go through it with you, that he will carry you. And that's the testament I can give. But there's no escape from the pain. It's nothing I can say today. Yes. I love your honesty. I love what you said, and that is so true. You don't get over the pain; you go through it. What would you say? Yeah. What are a couple? What are a couple of things that someone that's in this deep pain? 
what are the, a couple of things that practical things I could do? I, I hear where you were listening to your husband turned on music for you. What are some other just practical things that you would say uh, that they could begin doing right right today that might begin to help them start to advance through this pain, not to get over it, just to advance through the debilitating part of the pain? Well, one shop I did with a group of bereaved mothers, I did a 30-day gratitude challenge. And, mm. and this is how it went. On the first day, just one thing you're grateful for. That's all. Baby mm-hmm. One. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and, and when you're in the thick of it, um, Kim, it's hard to think of that one thing. Because you you know, yeah. but just one thing. Just right. write one thing on that page. That's it. Not going to try to force you to be unrealistic or unreal. One thing. For me, right. it was, okay, I did have five surviving children. Yeah. I didn't lose everybody. Mm. That was one thing. Mm. And it's something about gratitude that that door just opens and expands. And the next thing you yeah. know, your heart is full of gratitude which mm. is a comforter uh, or a buffet around the pain. It really works. Mm. That second day, two things. Now, you can't use the same thing. Let's see if you can think of two more things. Mm. On and on. So gratitude, if you could, because, see, what the enemy wants to do is focus you on what's hurting you so that the pain can be more intense. But yeah. we could do something about the intensity of the pain. Even though mm. we can't take it away, we could do something about the intensity of it. And gratitude is a good start. Another thing is, is to really, you have to really check yourself as far as how you see God. Because when you mm. begin to see, it's kind of like when you have a friend. You have a good friend, just a natural friend. And then they do something evil, and then your eye, when you look at them, you look at them a little different, right? Mm-hmm. And we do that with God a lot, even though we don't want to admit it or it's kind of hard to really say that. But if we think this good God is now a bad God, we're mm-hmm. going to have a problem. Because he's the uh-huh. one who can help with the pain. It's kind of like being angry at the one at your only help. So yeah. working on that would be a practical thing, too. But it's hard. You know, that is such a good analogy of what you said about a friend. You just made it so real, um, you know, how we how we view God. I mean, he is the, he is the comforter, and all of a sudden we, we see him as the enemy, don't we? Because we yes. question his motive and we question that and not even and, – and where is it, Justina? Where is it? You know, we we get this thought in our mind that because we are believers, that, that life is going to be easy and, and nothing bad is going to happen to us. The bad is going to happen to everyone else. It's not a believer, right? So when it comes to yes. us, that we, we question, where do we get this thought that life is supposed to be perfect just be, you know, because we're a believer? Well, what it is, we believe we're good. <laughs> yeah. See, that stuff yeah. happened to bad people. And. Yeah. For us good people, oh, my God, I had to learn some things. For us good people, we don't experience things like that, you know. But God said he makes his sun to shine on the good 
and the bad. Uh, mm. Life, you know, it's life. And there's some yeah. things that will come up in life. Now, if God feels like we can't handle it or it's mm. going to draw us away from him, I'm a firm believer mm. that he'll step in and intervene in life. But if mm-hmm. he, and he told me once, he said, I am too close to the situation to understand what's going on. He's far enough away to see, oh, the devil meant this, but let me go ahead and let this play out because of what I see at the end for my glory. And actually right. for our edification as well. It's sort of like a joke yeah. thing on a smaller yeah. scale. The enemy sought God for him. And basically, God was looking for somebody to brag on. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I I just, um, I mean, I, I, you know, if if I hesitate, I'm just going into the deep thoughts of what you have, uh, what you've endured, and yet how you just give God all the praise. And it makes me think, uh, Justina, there was a a quote that I heard at a funeral um, a few a couple years ago of a good friend whose son went off to college and was shot a random shooting and um and wow. it was just it's a horrific pain and and she and her family have just handled it so well and walking through it and um but at that funeral someone said the quote grief is pain that simply has no place to go. And I feel like, and I've, I've used that quote with other people, and I'll use it with you because in you found a place for your grief to go, and that is helping other people. And before we close today, I'd like to talk a little bit about that. You've taken this grief, and you've authored a book. You speak around the world talking about this. You are an actress. You're survivor for sure and now you started a podcast so let's talk about I just admire you so much because the greatest of all pain that I can imagine because I am a mom of boys would be to lose one and when you talk about hearing that growling painful noise that must just um, still just tear at your heart but yet you found you've just uh, turned this into helping other people so can you tell us, uh, let's, let's take the next 10 minutes and talk about how you have truly found that you still grieve. You've made that very clear that there was no magic yes. wand. And, and I love that for those people who are so still hurting. And I know that there are yes. tears flowing for many yes. people who are listening to this because it's still that and I painful. I'm with them. I'm touched yes. with them. I want to say that publicly. I'm touched with yes. you. I cry with you. I feel you. Please hang in there. That's all I can say. Please hang in there. Because this did not happen to me overnight. I want to make that crystal clear. It took time. And time can be a friend if you let it. And in Ecclesiastes, he said, um, he makes all things beautiful in his time. So let time do its work. Absolutely. And the beautiful hope that this is not the end, that you will see them again is something I think that you would just hold exactly. on to, you know. So I think that would be so, that would be your hope, right? And and then That's to understand right. that God has left you here uh, with a purpose and this pain. And how do you how do you combine those two 
at a point like this. And and so you have put your your pain into action by, by writing a book. And, and tell us about and, and, and creating the Amos House of Faith. Can you tell us about that? I think that's so incredible, Justina. Absolutely. So um, when I was in the hospital, I saw people, this is for the end of my stay, um, I literally saw people die. Not, not, not literally die from the lack of hope. And I'm like, wow. I was so blessed. I, they actually thought I was a celebrity. I, I wasn't. I was just a homeschool mom, but I had so much support and a blessing. So fast forward, then after I got home and I rehabilitated and my heart healed, so I, I, I still didn't do this right away. I went back to the unit just to volunteer. That was my whole goal. <laughs> and my idea was to be there for the person who didn't have anyone. So they could have mm. one person in their corner because when you deal with these situations, marriages break up, sometimes children don't want to see their parents looking like that, sometimes parent, uh, children are left. I mean, there's a whole host of issues that happen. So, uh, mm. you know, I'm a fixer by nature. So I'm going to be mm-hmm. there. So I'm on the unit, and I see this need, I see that need, I see this need. And I'm like, why is no one taking care of these things Blah, 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 and then I get this Holy Ghost tap. What are you doing? I'm wow. like, oh, I'm complaining like everyone else. So thus, I birth the Amos. I say, because see, vision, it's a vision in all of us that's trapped, mm-hmm. and we have to yeah. unleash it. And so mm-hmm. I unleash a vision to support the people that God has joined me to through tragedy. And I mm-hmm. did it in memory of my son because that would help me. And we're all different about this. Like my husband, right. he really doesn't like to see pictures of Amos. And I, I like pictures everywhere. I, I talk about it all the time. This is not his thing to do. Um, right. We're on two different pages. But so I started the nonprofit in its memory, the Amos House of Faith, where we support children and families affected by burns, trauma. I have several programs that I run and um, do a lot of things with that. And one thing led into another, you know, as I started this program um, and I began to work in the circles in the burn community, people were like, wow, you need to write a book. I'm like, I'm busy. I don't have time to write a book. So <laughs> someone said, well, if you write the book, the proceeds could go to your nonprofit. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Two months later, yes. I self-published the book. Then it got picked mm-hmm. up by a New York publisher. So uh, it won awards. It did very well. And obviously it's very helpful. And then I wrote a study guide. And now I'm nine books in now. So I'm an author of nine books now. From the book came the speaking engagement. Can you come talk to us about this? Can you come? And then that turned into international speaking. I mean, things grow. And, you know, but God saw all of this when I was laying in the bed. Matter of fact, he saw all yeah. of this when I was in my mother's womb. He knows. That's me. right. And then That's someone right. um, read my book, and the next thing I know, they wanted to talk to me. I met a real beautiful uh, lady, and she asked me to be in a movie and, and asked if they could share part of my story in the movie as part of the storyline. Mm. So mm. then the acting came, and now I'm in a TV series with that. Um, 
from all of these things, actually one thing I didn't mention that I do, I had an interview with a lady, and I wind up writing a song. So I write songs for gospel artists now, and I'm writing for my wow. husband exclusively now. And the last mm-hmm. venture that God gave me was the podcast. I just started two podcasts, and the one that's pertinent to this one is called In His Arms. Um, and the Lord basically just told me, I want you to do a podcast. Now, a moment of transparency. I didn't even listen to podcasts. I really didn't know what it was. I said, I need mm-hmm. you to do these two podcasts. Then he provided the way for me to learn. He provided, literally provided me the equipment to do it. And they're up and running now. So um, wow. one for the bereaved mothers is called In His Arms. And I asked God, and I get God bumped when I think about this. I was like, Lord, why name it in his arms? I mean, I wanted a fun name, like, well, not fun, but a more like mothers uh, healing together or, you know, something, you know. He's like, no, uh-huh. in his arms. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? What, what are we uh-huh. talking about? And he said, don't you realize that's the place where you and Amos meet? I'm like, oh, oh. my God. I'm oh. holding Amos safely in my arms. And if you would oh. just lean into my arms, you all could be there together. Oh. So, I know, right? I was like, oh, my oh. God, the wisdom of God. Oh, I love it. So, Oh, and how you just touched so many people with that thought. We're all it's leaning into his thought. arms. Exactly. And that's where we're We're together. there together. We're not as far oh. apart as we think. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. That is so beautiful. Justina, what an amazing, amazing God you serve that can bring you through what you've gone through to do and to serve uh, in the midst of the pain, to bring such a purpose out of that. And I just, oh my goodness, we have to do a follow up. I know that there are a lot of people who need your book, Circle of Fire. So um, uh, they could go to Amazon, is that right, and get the book and the companion study guide? I prefer them to go to thecircleoffire.org. Okay. Because that will get it directly from me. And that way, um, and then quite honestly, the nonprofit gets more bang for their book. Yeah. And then I can sign those. Of course, you know, it's really funny. All of my books, all the proceeds come right back into my ministry, too. So I admire people who do that. So friends who are listening, uh, please go to um, the the thecircleoffire.org, and I'll be posting all of this on my Facebook page and on my different media uh, social sites so that you can do that. And also the the companion study guide. I think that you'll probably find some healing in that. Oh and also, gosh. if you would, oh yeah, I, I I want to get that just as a resource um, for some people that I know. So I know that they're coming my way. I can't wait to get them. And also, you know what? Uh, if they just if someone just wants to reach out to you, Justina, after this, how would be the best way for them to reach you? Let's let's do email. Justina okay. at JustinaPage.com, and that's J-U-S-T-I-N-A at J-U-S-T-I-N-A-P-A-G-E.com. And I, I okay. like friends. I'm, I, I, I'm one of those crazy people that like people. So 
<laughs> Instagram, I'm with you, Twitter, friend. Facebook. <laughs> I'm all over. Yeah. Catch me. Anyway. I I love that. Well, listen. I just want to thank you so much. I want to end. You've you've talked about many scriptures. You talked about Romans eight twenty eight. We know all things work together for the good for them who love God. You talked about Ecclesiastes that God makes all things beautiful. But I want to end. I would like for you to take. We have about a, a minute left. You know, one of the scriptures that I think is really pertinent to your story and will help someone who's listening um, is one of, you, one of your scriptures that you say have helped you through this, Philippians 4.13. Help people to understand just I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Why is that one of the scriptures that got you through, Justina? Because it takes strength to go through what you've been through. It takes strength. And the only way I was able to do that was Christ strengthening me, sometimes moment by moment, sometimes day by day, sometimes week by week. But the thing was, it wasn't anything I wasn't able to get through. That all is a small three letters, but it's a big word. I was able to do all of it, get over the pain, get over the anger. Get find purpose, and it was through Christ. It wasn't through my own means. This is not a testament of who I am. I'm nothing, but through Christ and His ability to strengthen me. Mm, what a blessing, friends! Thank you so much. Let's 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 do a follow up on this. So I just want people to hear what you your final word and. Friends, I want to thank you so much for joining us for coffee. And I want to end, you, end this interview with the words that Justina, Justina Page, uh, survivor, author, speaker, all the many things that goes, comes back and says, it's not about me, it's about God. And her words are this, because you need strength to get through what you're going through. And the strength is there through Christ alone. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope that you'll join us again next week on Coffee. Goodbye, everybody. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit KimCrable.com. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit KimCrable.com